0: This is Hacker Public Radio episode 3079 for Thursday the 21st of May 2020. Today's show is entitled Linux In-Laws Season 1 Episode 6 Pornum and Trump and is part of the series Linux In-Laws. It is hosted by Monochromech and is about 80 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is: The lads discuss audacity KD in Live, Blender, PWC, The Current War, Better Things, and Pamela Edlon. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash (laughs) donate.
1: thus the content is not suitable for consumption in the workplace especially when played back on a speaker in an open plan office or similar environments any miners under the age of 35 or any pets including fluffy little killer bunnies your trusted guide dog unless on speed and cute t-rexes or other associated dinosaurs this is linux in-laws season one Episode 6, Porn and Trump. Due to a technical mishap, a major part of the show was recorded with a lower sampling rate, resulting in a somewhat reduced audio quality. We would like to assure the audience that A. We will try to take the necessary precautions to minimize simpler incidents in the future and B. NVIDIA or any of its subsidiaries, including Skynet, had anything to do with this. Martin, how are you? Good morning, good morning, Chris. How are you? can't
2: complain It's bright and early almost eight o'clock where I live.
3: It's early for some people but uh, Why, you, were, you you were saying early on holy hour
2: Yes, I got up at around six o'clock to have a little bit of coffee.
3: must have been quite a bit of coffee between six <laughs> and eight.
2: Well, some people tend to take a shower when they get up and stuff, so I don't know what I, I don't know about you.
3: I guess it depends what you're up to at night, but let's not go there. <laughs> All right, so, <laughs> so, so since, asking, since, yeah. since our it's last episode. Yes, it's been a while. So, yes, thank you for arranging last the last episode, obviously, in my, my absence.
2: My pleasure. I hope you liked um, the interview.
3: Yes, um, there is a small matter of... <laughs> the content of it, but please share. Please share your <laughs> concern <laughs> right now. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned a number of <clears throat> uh, what do we call these people again? Companies. <laughs> Companies. Yes. No. The um, robot guys.
2: Terminators.
3: Thank They're you called. yes, yes. You're Obviously, you, you meant you forgot to mention. it is it is early, sorry <laughs> listeners for <laughs> uh, on our first coffee so anyway you may you meant missed the main terminator to mention in your uh, episode
2: sorry we couldn't we only could get one uh, to do the interview Unfortunately, Cyberdyne didn't send us a whole lot but just one or skynet rather, so we didn't have uh, i didn't have an awful lot of choice in the matter. But I hope. I, but from what I hear, the, the feedback is quite good. So I'm I'm just wondering what your what your what you what your view of the of the, um on the matter is
3: on the recording or on the content both. <laughs> no, it was it was yeah, it's a very clever construct. Yeah, well well done. Um, apart from the content, yes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, you see, um this
3: is why you, you can't leave uh, your your colleagues alone really.
2: <laughs> Fun fact listeners, uh Martin wrote the storybook for the for the interview, but now he's trying to pu- uh, to to pull back. <laughs> <laughs> no, if if, 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 I, wrote, if, I, if I wrote it,
3: <laughs> Elon Musk would have been mentioned in the terminator section. <laughs> You mentioned a few of them, but not him. So,
2: what are your other concerns, Mr. Visser?
3: Yes, my other concerns. No, great episode. Um, Well, the other concern was you sent me the wrong version in the first place.
2: Yeah, I don't um, know what happened.
1: Um,
3: Giving giving me another half hour of information, which was well appreciated, but not what I was expecting.
2: Because I I double-checked. The, the thing that, was up, that, that is on HPR as well as the sound file that I sent to you, and they are the same apart from the music that HPR adds. So the, okay. so the outtakes are there and all the rest of them. Uh, listen, the listenership, on the matter of outtakes, uh, yes, uh, most of the episodes would have outtakes after about a 30-second break at the end of the episode. This is just before the outro Edited by, by Hacker Public Radio. Meaning, if you think our outro, our special outro music, uh, is the end of the show, you are mistaken. Most of the time, there is the outtakes after this silence break, whatever you want to call it. And if you're missing out on the outtakes, you're missing out on some interesting facts, fun stuff, that sort of thing. Yep, as, as Mr. Visser just found out himself the other day
3: <laughs> mm. so a suggestion for you there perhaps reduce the amount of silence
2: yeah, we could do this but on the other side
3: the dark side
2: exactly <laughs> where would be the fun in that
3: well you may lose some listeners <laughs> that don't have 30 seconds of patience
2: I see po- po- point taken so yeah, let's cut it down to 29 or 28 seconds <laughs> going forward <laughs>
3: Perhaps the editing should be taken over by more sensible people. Anyway, Uh, Martin, you're
2: you're more than welcome to edit an episode in the future yourself.
3: You know the revenge was mentioned. (laughs) 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 What (laughs) is? You
2: tell me more.
3: Perhaps, yeah, (laughs) you'll find out. Okay,
2: fair enough uh for those listeners who haven't listened to the last episode, some companies were indeed made fun of during the interview, and what Martin is referring to is actually his beloved company called Nvidia, who was slightly <laughs> slacked off during oh, the in- it is', it is it's a strong. <laughs> <laughs> who was slightly slacked off during the interview with 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 uh, with the Terminator. And apparently some people, and Martin would be the prime example here, do take offense.
3: <laughs> well, I, th- I think uh, you, you found uh, NVIDIA take events as well, or sabotaging our recording this morning. But <laughs> <laughs>
2: I bear <there> to blame. <laughs> I see. <laughs> Entirely possible. Okay. Uh, it would surprise me, let's put it this way. Unless you have you have done something really funky to your gpu card because as uh, observant listeners will of course know mr Visser is now the proud, um owner of what's it called <laughs> rt6 2070 something like this right
3: rtx yeah, yeah whatever the x stands for
2: perhaps extension <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> and martin is needless to say similar to cars or other uh, items in his possession pretty proud of his gadget so, needless to say, he was a bit worried it when he found out that as, a, that, as a matter <laughs> of fact, <laughs> that as a matter of fact, Nvidia was the target of some ridicule. Let's put it this way: during the during the recent episode um, where the, where we had the interview with the Terminator,
3: I don't think they'll be sponsoring us any time soon. <laughs> Let's put it that way.
2: Too bad. Yes. Well, well, we had SkyNet as the sponsor of the last episode. I don't know if you noticed that, but I think that was okay.
3: I don't know what did they sponsor?
2: Us, the podcast. You didn't listen uh, to uh, the to the commercial break uh, at the end, no.
3: Yes, I did. But what did they sponsor in actual?
2: Well, just by
3: being there and
2: yes, helping us, um, right, ensuring okay. that we never run out of challenges, all you are not. <laughs> <laughs> the important I bit. Don't, smart. I don't think that's
3: going to happen <laughs> somehow. <laughs>
2: Okay, what have you been up to since we last spoke?
3: Wow, I spoke on the podcast, or well, we, we spoke <laughs> earlier this morning. <laughs> well, we tried
4: to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Of course so, I am referring to your podcast appearance. So, so <laughs> compared
3: to this morning, very little uh, from <clears throat> setting up the recording. Yes, what have you been up to? wow ah oh, man how long has it been four weeks five weeks
2: something of like that yeah
4: hmm.
3: so what have we been up for well we have um dealt with certain viruses uh on a personal basis okay <laughs> um we have lost one of the uh, well origins of the show in a way with with um father-in-law uh passing away uh so yes yeah, maybe we should delegate it to him How's that.
2: Yes yes we're going to yes uh we're going to dedicate the show to Martin's father who uh, father-in-law sorry who just passed away. If and,
3: that's okay um, with you. Yeah that's a good plan. Uh, yeah I might we might consider a uh, future episode on the subject of TTSs. Yes. Indeed. And he was, in fact, a voice researcher himself, so that fits in quite nicely. Anyway, that's not the subject of today's um, podcast. So, Chris, what have you been up to in the last four or five weeks?
2: Editing a podcast episode, among other things. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what else have I been up to? Well, the usual shenanigans, basically, working um Working, yes. uh, trying to set up a big blue button instance because uh, due to current circumstances now all the all the meetings have shifted to virtual. So um, uh, the luck I support, the Linux User Group, uh, the, the local Frankfurt Linux User Group, the FRALAC, uh used to do some. Uh, what's what I'm looking for? Um, in person events. A regular meeting called in German called the Stammtisch because we are a German association. So, yes, Stammtisch is very important as in a mm-hmm. local regular gathering. And of course, we used to run a presentation on the fourth week of Tuesday, uh on, on the fourth Tuesday of every month. But um, because the location where we used to do this has basically shut down for the time being, um, all this all these events would have been moved to a virtual environment and that's exactly um where software like big blue button jitsi open and open meetings come in because that sort of software allows you to like zoom or any other conference software allows you to gather virtually to present to share video to share audio that sort of thing and after quite a long research period, let's put it this way, I came to the conclusion that the big that big blue button as a software is probably the most easiest uh the easiest as a matter of fact, software to set up and in contrast to Jitsi or Open Meetings. I've tried these two software packages before mm. but couldn't get far with it because the the setup was so convoluted and so bloody complicated. Uh, Big Blue Button. On the other, on the other hand, um, no, Big Blue Button is not sponsoring this show, not yet, anyway. It's it's straightforward. It's pretty picky when it comes down to the environment that it would like to run in. It has to be Ubuntu Xenial, so it has to be Ubuntu sixteen oh four. No Debian, no Red Hat, no CentOS. It has to be sixteen oh four. That's 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 pretty picky. Uh, that's mm. that's pretty um, yeah, pre- pretty important. Uh, by the way, listeners, if you have experience with Big Blue Button running on other Ubuntu spins or even Debian, please get in touch, because um, quite a few people are just looking for an opportunity to use something else. And I'm not talking about uh, and I'm not talking about a Docker deployment here. I'm just talking about running it natively on a VM or even or even bare metal. Anyway, to cut a long story short, Big Blue Button comes with a pretty sophisticated setup script. Um, that you just give it the fully qualified domain of the server that you're that it's running on and after that um, You also give it an email address for the let's encrypt certificate and the rest including Downloading all the packages configuring all the packages. It's pretty much automatic It takes the existing Ubuntu instance. It downloads the software It downloads all the dependent packages including Java. It's a um It's quite a, it's quite an elective, elective is the word I'm going to look for? Eclective. Eclective? It's early. Eclectic. Eclectic. Yes, thank you very much. It's quite an eclectic mixture of, 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 of a, of a software stack, um, consisting of Java, Python, uh, JavaScript for the front end, which is, thank God, HTML5 based. And yeah, uh, Downloading all these dependencies is is quite an artist's task so but the installer script takes pretty much care of this So at the end of this and it also installs for example, it also installs a Let's Encrypt certificate So at the end of the day, you just have a working big blue button installation out of the box which you just start and even for that there's a command which you can nicely put into the systemd unit and then you have a working conference system. It's using HTML5 and React on the, on the client side, meaning in contrast to other conferencing solutions, it works out of the box with the majority of the browsers. I also looked at Jitsi, and apparently Jitsi is only happy when it uses Chrome or Chromium, for that, for that matter. If you go near it with Firefox apparently, it doesn't like it at least that's my feedback after a good long weekend of trying of trying out Jitsi.
3: okay, good stuff so this is a a server based setup right
2: yes um it requires as i said it requires a 1604 instance if hmm. you have people behind NATs, Um, at home as in kind of uh, Zoho firewalls, or even if the server is behind in that, you need something called a turn server, which essentially is a relay for setting up UDP connections. That's an additional component that you have to install. The big blue button um, website contains detailed instructions on how to set this up, but also the install script can help you there. For those of you, as I said, who don't know, uh, a turn server is essentially a, a relay that picks up information from you if you're behind a firewall and then takes care of the proper routing and setting up of mostly UDP ports because firewalls and, and general netting, netting equipment can be quite fickle here.
3: Excellent. So this is mainly used for your user group?
2: Uh, we just set it up basically for the time being because if we can't meet in person, needless to say, we don't want to kind of postpone this whole get-together, virtual or not. So that is the reason why we decided or why i decided eventually to set up a server instance for both the the the, the presentation as well as the the local the, the regular gathering called the Stammtisch the local meeting the the regular meeting mm-hmm. that gives the people who normally then would then meet in person a chance to well gather um, in front of their computers some people did, did it in the, gar- in the garden when we did the uh, when we did the uh, first um, trial run, but it worked out quite nicely. People were dialing in with 3G with 3G connections. Even that was quite okay from a video quality so. perspective.
3: Sounds good. Sounds good.
2: It's just a bit heavy on the on the client side because if you have 10 concurrent video streams, that will take a good chunk of your CPU power. Uh, the codecs apparently are adaptive, as I said, they are um, HTML5 based. So whatever. Um, tweaking you can do on the client side in terms of GPU acceleration, for example, from a browser perspective, um, you should probably take a look at this because, as I said, otherwise it's got to be done in software and that will take away quite a bit of CPU bandwidth.
3: Yeah, I guess on a, running on a mobile, you're not going to see 10 screens very easily anyway, right? So.
2: Well, as, as a matter of fact, some people actually use mobile phones. Most of them were using Firefox on Android. It Checked out the video. The video quality was, uh, of course, wasn't great, but the adaptive codecs did a good job there. Um, so mm-hmm. it, I, yeah, um, given the bandwidth restrictions plus the plus the limited CPU power, I think, yeah, for that it was okay with regards to overall quality and and perception.
3: Well, this is not quite a uh, <clears throat> professional recording required for something like this, right? It's more like. Yeah. You know, just talk and yeah, see each other. So
2: that's exactly it. I mean, we didn't record any of the sessions. We may do this going forward for the presentation. But my hope, at least, is that the current restrictions will be lifted at mm. some stage, and we would be back to the pub where we normally have the the regular gathering, as well as the city of Frankfurt is, is sponsoring us with regards to the location of the mm. of the of the presentation we're doing once a month. And uh, this particular company that runs these locations basically just got get in touch and said, now look, um, we don't expect anything to take place in May, but we're going to reassess the, the situation before the month is over. So maybe we can open up in June back again. So that would yep. allow us to have at least one regular gathering before the summer break.
3: Yes, I think you guys are quite advanced in terms of opening back up by the sound of it. So that sounds quite a likelihood.
2: Remains to be seen. I mean, it's the mayhem. We're recording this on the what is it, eighth of May? Yeah. So about seventy-five years after the end of of World War II, I think in Europe or something. <laughs> I don't know. Can't yes, remember. I was
3: today. <laughs> yes, good spot,
2: Martin, Martin, you probably were around. I wasn't. So. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, we have of course a bank holiday today. Is that the same for you, sir? No, no,
2: no, no. no only, in only in Berlin, as a matter of fact. Oh. So, the other Martin, and for, for for those of our listeners who don't work at Redis Labs, <laughs> <Yes>. the other <laughs> Martin is just a German colleague in Berlin, and he won't be working today.
3: So, on to today's episode.
2: Yes. Now, this is the point in time, basically, where Martin is being assessed on if he has done his homework. <laughs>
3: <laughs> homework being listening to your <laughs> <laughs> recording? Or was, there, was there more?
2: <laughs> yes, there was more, Martin, as a matter of fact. <laughs> okay, uh, a short recap. Um, last episode. Uh, this is the second part of a two-part um, episode. Uh, well, two-part episodes. is what I'm looking for. Hmm. It's, it's early. Uh, two-part show, anyway. Um, <laughs> true, though, yeah. Exactly. How to um, set up your own porn website or other adult or other content-oriented with regards to um, streaming video and recording video. And, of course, audio-associated audio information. And part one, for those of you who want to go back, listen to the the previous episode, part one covered the basics with regards to the theory of what compressed audio and video streams are. And we said, or rather I said, that the second part would contain a selection of tools you would use for that sort of thing.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So, selection of tools. Are you, Are we speaking here from personal experience,
2: tool-wise? Well, what tools are there? The main categories that come to mind would consist of… Would consist I of guess,
3: yeah, you got to first decide
2: whether you could do live or edited. Yes and no to some extent. Because regardless of whether you want to do clips or whether you want to do live streaming, something has to capture, for example, the video data stream.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And, um, and then basically you have to decide on if you want to do just a recording, which you then can edit and play back on your website, or whether this is stream live using, for example, um, WebRTC. Like, for example, Big Pool Button does it.
3: But, yeah, from the software side, there are options there to use these things for you, right? Like OBS, you can just hook in straight into YouTube or whatever it is you want to broadcast on.
2: Yes, Martin, why don't you tell us a little bit more about OBS while we are on the subject?
3: OBS, what does it stand for, uh, Chris? Open Broadcast System, I think. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, that's team, I've heard that you give a work <laughs> This <laughs> testing. It. So which is it? So one one thing I observed with um, uh, investigating this stuff is most of it seems to be built with QT or Qt or however you pronounce it. Um, as a front end, uh, uh, there are obviously a mixture of tools that have a command line or, or other interfaces, but uh, OBS is one of those quite fancy uh gui based of piece of software runs on many different distributions uh even on windows and mac but it is obviously free on oss and it allows you to yeah, as i mentioned said you you know pick up your recording streams and directly broadcast them to a target of choice
2: uh, the beauty with OBS is, uh, is, is of course that it can integrate many in and out, in inputs and outputs. For example, there's something called Video for Linux, which essentially is the basic interface on a on a Linux system, where video is basically captured. Most of the time, this would be a sort of userland library that goes out to a video capturing device like a webcam. Like an ordinary camera and that sort of thing, and just or maybe even um, a satellite uh, adapter that basically takes a satellite feed, uh, which is a multiplex data stream in itself, and simply basically captures this and then forwards that to OBS. So OBS um, has a number of plugins allowing it to integrate with pretty much anything under the sun.
0: Mm-hmm. This is
2: the, this is the beauty about about OBS, and this is also the reason why it's widely used. Not only in the in the broadcasting, not only in the podcasting world.
3: Yep. Yeah. No, it's it's, the, it's using the standard libraries, is it, really so, um, which gives you uh, yeah all those options: that libav, codec, and etc. give you. So, my point of view, you can pretty much use it with anything, right? Like,
2: this is this is the beauty about it exactly because it mm. also supports WebRTC, which, as I explained in the last episode, is the is the new kid on the block when it comes down to streaming video. What Martin? What in case you listened to the last episode? What's the other one?
3: Other one of uh,
2: the, the the older brother of WebRTC.
1: Oh, good I, question.
2: I think I put Martin on non the spot there. Non <laughs> WebRTC. No, it's called real time. <laughs> it's called real time messaging <laughs> protocol RTMP.
3: Ah yes, of course. That was before WebRTC, wasn't it? it? Exactly,
2: mm-hmm. and and the and the beauty about WebRTC is it's um it's in your and it's also um it it, it features uh, things like encryption and so forth. The backside is actually that it only works with TCP. So for a real,
3: why would you want to encrypt this?
2: Uh, because. <laughs> In case <laughs> it's, no it's, it's it's quite straightforward. <laughs> in case you have a you have a listenership that has paid uh, money to in uh, order to um in order to watch your content, and needless to say, if you don't encrypt this, people any anybody will be able to to get this h to to get this to get this data stream, which is not um, encrypted. Simple.
3: Sure, sure. I was thinking most people would plug this into YouTube or Twitch or any of those modern. Uh, you know, youngster, hipster. <coughs>
2: uh, people are raving about Twitch. What exactly is Twitch?
3: Twitch is a. Um, it's mainly used by gamers, right, to broadcast their okay. uh, whatever games they play and uh, broadcast it at the same time so that they can entertain their <coughs> listener viewers.
2: So, like, pretty much like gameplay. Pretty much like what's it, what's the other one called? Discord
3: it has got his voice.
2: I thought it was, I thought it was uh, aimed at gamers too. Maybe I'm wrong. Yes,
3: but it's mainly voice, isn't okay.
2: it? And it's Twitch is also video. Yeah.
3: Yes, yes, yes. I've,
2: I've yeah. never used it, but a colleague of ours named Loris Crow, Loris, if you're listening.
3: Uh-huh. Uh, I didn't uh, know he was into porn production. No, he, no, no,
1: he, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> No, L- oh, I don't <laughs> know where Martin picked this up from, but you're
2: not, but I didn't tell him that you were into porn production. Disclaimer: I didn't tell Martin that Loris is into porn. No, <laughs> that, that doesn't come from me. Okay, um, Loris uses this basically to do live programming. I think uh, because he mentioned Twitch a number of times. Mm. So people must yep. use it for live coding sessions too.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh yeah, as uh, as we've seen, yeah, with OBS you can. Plug in any data sources, uh, many data sources, mm-hmm. video, audio, and streamed us to you know the other the YouTube's, the Twitches, the Instagrams, whatever your platform of choice is. And
2: yeah, this is the beauty of of a comprehensive plug system. What other tools Indeed. come to mind, especially if we're talking about um, cutting video? Right, there's something called a K- mm. KD and Live around, which mm-hmm. is one of the older video editors. It's used most, Of course, it's used mostly in the area of recorded video data streaming, but it's also pretty good at multiplexing. Okay. And and of course, there's still there's the old reliables around. Okay. Like.
3: Which ones do you use?
2: Me myself, mostly FFmpeg.
3: Hmm. Mm. Being being command line. Of course. Right,
2: but needless to say, um, FFMPEG, the Swiss Army knife. But then,
3: but then you're looking at yeah, converting one to the other. Whereas with a Caden Life, you'd be well doing video editing, right, and uh, doing cutting cranes, C- correct, mixing, correct, uh, yes, same um, as you do with Audacity with audio.
1: Our
2: beloved Audacity, Martin. Why don't you spend some sentences on on, on the, our favorite audio, or, audio tool?
3: Yeah, it's uh, great when it works.
4: (laughs) 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 Yes, it
3: be If if, 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 you sum up Audacity in one sentence, that's it. The beauty is that it does run on multiple platforms, giving you the option to swap when necessary.
2: (laughs) (laughs) As we just found out this morning, yes. This is
4: amazing. Uh,
3: Maybe we should (laughs) do some tests in the evening before not have to do this at 6 a.m., Uh, but as as usual, we have backup plans, so we're fine.
1: Yes,
2: Audacity. Yeah, it's, uh, I think it's one of the oldest um, graphical audio editors around. As Martin pointed out, it runs on Windows, Linux, as well as macOS. We're just recording this on Macs. It's uh, it's no full blown audio studio as such. It's rather an editor. Yes, you can mix multi and all the rest of it. It supports a host of features. It, it can be scripted. It has lots of effects. As a matter of fact, all the editing for Linux in-laws is done with Audacity, especially the post-production. But it's not comparable to kind of real multi-track uh, studio software, the likes of Steinberg and so forth, or even Arder, because these uh, tools would be aimed more at the professional. Like a full-blown audio workstation. In the
3: the open source space. Yes,
2: uh, this is what Audacity is not. But it's quite Mm -hmm. handy, it's quite straightforward, it's quite easy to to operate. And it's been around for ages. So this is, we are used to, I think we use at the moment, we use 2.3.3 that came with the latest Focal Fossa update, um, for those of you who run Ubuntu. But it's also available in that version for, of course, OS X as well as Windows. Fun fact here on OS X 10.15, which is Catalina, uh, there's a workaround because Audacity doesn't work with core audio out of the box. First of all, you have to enable audio recording in the OS X settings, as usual thanks to Apple's um, security obsession, let's put it this way, and then apparently there's a bug with the interfacing between Core Audio, which is the uh, audio subsystem on OS X, as well as Audacity, meaning you have to start it from a terminal. Otherwise, you won't be able to record audio, so I'm told anyway. So the approach is open a terminal window, say open, and then the full path to Audacity, which is normally, I think, library slash audacity something other do um, i'm going to put a link into the show notes uh to the, for, for this workaround so you can check it out but doing this from spotlight or either or any other gui-based approach to start a program on X won't it, you won't be able to do um to record audio so i'm told anyway on catalina right Thank on catalina and yeah. i think the previous version which was el, el capitan or something
3: no, ah, yes, El Capitan.
2: M- oh, Mocha- oh, sorry, Mojave, not El Capitan. El Capitan came before that, I think. I'm not the greatest person for its ex releases. I just use the software and struggle with the issues that uh, Apple throws at me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Some people use um, uh, uh, our fruit company for for its usability rather than struggles. Fools. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, you have to start somewhere, and you can always switch switch over to a full blown open source system no? like like Linux or something or BSD. Well, fun fact, as a matter of fact, not that, not that many people know this, but at the very core, OS X is a free BSD. Uh because mm-hmm. the way it works. Okay, this is this goes back in history. Um, Steve Jobs had just left Apple. Uh, I think that was mid-80s, and decided to set up Next, was looking for an mm, operating system, next, yes. and came across something called OpenStep. Uh, now, OpenStep mm. basically consists of a very fancy GUI plus a, plus a BSD underneath. And at the time, he basically convinced, let's put it this way, many Mark people, Mark was a micro-kernel um, around that time, to join um, Next step, and Next. so NextOS was born. Uh, of course, when Apple acquired uh, Next, um, what's it called not Next Step, but Next, Next. NextOS. NextOS. Yeah. No, the the company basically. The company. <coughs> um, uh, when 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 Apple acquired that that Steve Jobs outfit, and one of the assets, of course, was was NextOS. So at the at the very core. Uh, and XS consists of a microkernel in the shape of Mark 3, and then on top of that, a free BSD personality, pretty much from an architecture perspective, pretty much comparable to something called Windows New Technology, uh, invented by a company called Microsoft, I think, about 30 years ago, <laughs> something like this. I mean, they all work the same. You have a microkernel that abstracts away the hardware, um, the hardware layers. Um, on top of that microkernel, you have something called a personalities. In Windows NT, for example, that's a, it's a POSIX personality that implements much of the functionality of a given Windows system. And on top of these personalities, you have proprietary GUIs. And when Apple bought Next, Next Computing, Next, whatever. um... They, of course, also bought the asset, and they decided to make NextOS their basis for anything macOS-related going forward. So, NextOS became macOS, and this is basically, the, that was the basis for something called OSX. A, uh, Mac OS X. A macOS version 10, uh, which all of which subsequent macOS releases have been based. So, if you open up your Mac, essentially you're using a BSD system underneath, you can still see it if you take a look at very two, uh, two very popular package managers called MacPorts or Homebrew. Because essentially these these package managers are based on something called Ports, which is a native packaging system for BSD um, spins. And there you have it. So essentially at the very core, Apple is still open source software.
3: Nice, nice. And that kind of nicely leads into the news, as in... Presumably you heard the news that, uh, or the news, uh, the news that that Windows has been dropping its Windows usage has dropped with, with a, an increase in Ubuntu in the last couple of months. I uh,
2: know, I didn't know that. But oh. but shouldn't we conclude um, the tool section first?
3: We can do it if you're so inclined. <laughs> That's, I thought you
1: were making uh, no, a segue no, no, into no. the news, which you're not aware <laughs> no, no, of, no, 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 no. so I guess not. Okay,
2: <laughs> uh, what, what, else is there? what else is there to cover? Um, We already covered oh, wait, co- wait, open, uh, open Broadcasting System, we also covered video editors, we covered all, the, all your editors. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, about Blender, Martin?
3: Blender? Blender, hmm. yes. Nice, nice bit of software. But not for the faint-hearted, I'd suggest. Uh, if you have much spare time and uh, like to produce your own animated movies, then Blender is for you. I mean, it, it, don't get me wrong, it's, it's a great piece of software and a lot of commercial companies are switching over to it. Um, in fact, I saw it being used in one of our customers um but yeah, nice. so, so, pardon. Nice. Yes, yeah. I mean, you, you would if you were to use this properly. You need a proper graphical tablet, right, to do drawing and stuff like that. Because mm. you're not going to draw wireframes with a mouse in, unless you have much many hours of patience. <laughs> it um, yeah, if if you if you do want to go into producing your own movies, uh, animated, you can get some very, very impressive results with that. But it has a very uh, steep learning curve to get started. Uh, is in yeah, many hours of practice.
2: It's, it's probably one of the most powerful tools I know out there mm. to, to, pro- to produce animated video sequences. If you go to the Blender website, they have a couple of beautifully done movies, like The yeah. Big Bunny and so forth. Um, or tears of steel, and if you take a close, uh, and of course you you can get them also on YouTube. Don't get me wrong; just Google for them,
4: hmm.
2: or sorry, use your favorite search engine of choice. Let's put it this way: because Google is not sponsoring us yet, so why should we even mention them? Anyway, yes, Google, why did you mention uh, Google? If you, <laughs> want why to did you us, YouTube as well, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Google, Google, <laughs> over to the dark side, man. Google, oh, wow. if you're listening, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> please do get in touch. <laughs> hmm.
3: And while you're at it, oh, uh, make available the train model for TACATRON 2. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yes, but that's Please. but that's a teaser <laughs> for a future episode, yes. <laughs> Please Google, do get in touch. <laughs> okay, uh, going back to Blender. Okay, yes, the the beauty about Blender is essentially um, it's a full set of tools at your disposal to do full-length movies. So Martin has just pointed out the wireframe thing. So essentially, you give the wireframe, and Blender then, based on the modelling aspects of that wireframe, does all of the um, animation for you. Hmm.
3: Um, well, it you actually know, should do do, do, do the, all the three D mapping. You know, move your cameras around, to get your shading right, your lighting. It does those those kind of things for you, right? So you don't have to um, take out those aspects.
2: That's and that's exactly it these movies on the website have won awards for a reason, but that of course requires a pretty powerful machine, so a dual-core, ancient piece of hardware probably won't do the trick. Plus, you want to have a decent GPU at your disposal as well.
3: Don't mention GPUs again. <laughs> right <laughs> now, They also have a, um, some kind of cloud subscription where you can learn uh, and get tips on a regular basis, as well as you know, some of the movies that Chris mentioned, you can get the components of these movies to play yeah. around with yourself. So that's absolutely also a way to get yeah. started.
2: Because, as you can imagine, I mean, doing all the calculations to, for example, to construct a full-blown figure from a wireframe that takes a lot of right. that takes a lot of computing power. And normally, what you would do, yes, you would so you would use server farms for rendering your movies, pretty much like the big studios do it. Because this is mm-hmm. basically how it's done.
3: Uh, where were we? So, the news.
2: The news, yes. Martin was talking the about an ancient operating system called Windows. <laughs> Enlighten us, Mr. Visser. <laughs> well,
3: there's nothing wrong with old things, is there? Um, I mean, surely uh, Linux has some very old origins as well, as we just discussed. But um yes. A recent announcement oh, someone did some research that um was a drop in Windows usage and Ubuntu had a quite a significant take up in the last couple of months. So
2: details will be in the show notes, I hope.
3: Well, in in short, it was like an increase of six hundred percent or something on Ubuntu, but having a very small market share means that um,
2: on the desktop.
3: That, mm, Indeed. indeed. Okay. But yeah, you know, going from a like uh, half a percent to one percent is quite a <laughs> it doesn't make up much market share, but it's a big increase, right? So, so probably par- partly fueled by myself installing Ubuntu. <laughs> <times. laughs>
2: so, so Mr. Visser is now the cause for something called the Year of the Linux Desktop.
4: Well, oh, would have <laughs> be pushing
3: it? <laughs> <laughs> He's probably pushing it a little bit. Okay. But, uh, Uh, It could also be because people have more time, right? So they're digging out their old hardware and thinking, ooh, what the hell shall we put on that? Let's give this Ubuntu nonsense a spin.
2: Of course, you could also. Probably
3: finding that Windows won't run on it anymore as well.
2: (laughs) Well, it's a little known fact, but Ubuntu was the first distro, if I'm completely mistaken, that was running on something called WSL 1.0. And all of the other Ubuntu. Can you discuss
3: WSL 2.0?
2: Uh, yes, it's it's two point these days, but there was a oh. Windows subsystem for Linux version one dot and the userland of choice that came with it was actually Ubuntu.
3: Okay, so I did listen to this episode, but what you did you explain why people would run Linux on
2: Windows? Why wouldn't they? Because in that case, why wouldn't
3: they just run Linux by itself?
2: Maybe they they have to use Windows for other reasons. Maybe, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe their maybe maybe their maybe software hasn't been ported to Linux yet or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yes, you yes, can there use are that. there are
3: still relying uh, on Windows softwares out there. So attention.
2: yes, you can use that bootloader to run ancient proprietary software as well. But the main purpose, of course, for the um, for Windows uh, powering WSL is of course to act as a bootloader to boot you into. Linux. But if you don't use Windows anymore, you simply can do away with WSL and simply install Linux natively on your machine.
3: Cool. Any more news you have for us? Yeah, as a matter of fact I do. Um uh-huh.
2: what's the name of the company? I can't remember. It's not Ernest <laughs> in, it's not Ernest and Young, or is it?
3: Dunno. What news are
2: we talking about? There was something in the news yesterday. Ex- Accenture? No, sorry. Yes.
1: PW- <laughs> PWC. Price PwC. Waterhouse, Waterhouse Coopers. Coopers yes. Yeah. Have you read about this?
3: No.
2: No. What happened? Some subdomain was used to promote smart websites as an adult <laughs> content.
3: <laughs> ah. So the security needs some uh, advice. Um,
2: fun, fun fact actually, PWC, if I'm not completely mistaken, do have. Their own IT security line of business, including forensics. i might add. Chaps, well done. Yes. <laughs> Good job. Well done. If you, need, if you need some
3: tips, get in touch. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Good, exactly. If you're even, if, if you're looking mm. for even more professional advice, yes, please do get in touch.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, what happened? To cut a long story to cut a long story short, you can read it in your favorite media outlet. Some people manage to register a subdomain on the overall PwC top-level domain in terms of, I think it's called pwc.com or something like this, mm-hmm. and managed then to register the subdomain and then put, uh, let's put it this way, promoting material promoting dubious content on that subdomain. Unfortunately, the subdomain was linked from PwC and other websites quite a lot. So it featured actually on something called a search engine. So using your search engine you were able to get to these adult content promoting websites including of course the content that a search engine was able to capture using what's um what are they called um not scrabblers but um what's what i'm looking for martin software that goes out and scrapes websites yes
3: Ah, okay, sorry. Crawlers, that's the what I'm looking for, crawlers, yes.
2: yes. So what crawlers do, original one. Yep. yes, crawlers basically go to websites, capture the the essence of a website, and then store this as part of a search engine algorithm. And so basically typing in your keywords, um, you would be able to see the content of these websites as pa- as, as part of your search engine result page. Needless to say, this is blatant amateurs, uh, amateur stuff, because done properly, you would you would be in possession of not only emails from customers, but much more, mm. because what prevents you from putting up, say, a login page for a particular business as part of PwC? Okay, the way to do it, mm. you capture that subdomain, you put up a website that looks exactly like some sort of line of business related or basically being a subsidiary of pwc and then you start with emails maybe compromising pwc or you you don't have to do that basically you 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 just do a web search of of p of companies using pwc you capture some of the email addresses you send phishing emails to these addresses and say now look we need to verify your account data here's the url to do this and then you have the logins of these PwC customers right at your disposal. And then the rest is essentially compromising or further taking a look at what's, what PwC has to offer internally. Just promoting adult websites, this is a lost opportunity, guys. Next time, do, well, it, do, do it properly.
3: I mean, <laughs> PwC are not really in the um, uh, direct consumer business, but yeah, it's, it's a nice theory. Uh, so on this subject, how come the subdomain was available?
2: Because PW, somebody in PwC was really, really, really in deep, deep sleep. Is, is that what? Whatever <laughs> before, as in really sleeping, <laughs> as in not paying attention at all. Because yeah. the subdomains expired, somebody noticed this and simply okay. registered these subdomains for them. So they were able to capture traffic related mm-hmm. to that subdomain. Of course. And of course, some blame has to go to the registrar in that case because they weren't paying attention either, or maybe just somebody elegantly faked a PW association, P- um, PWMC association, uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but as I said, uh, an opportunity lost because you, you you could have done so much more with these subdomains
4: hmm.
2: apart okay. from promoting cool. adult content and stuff.
3: As you challenge, find the next one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Kids, this is highly illegal. This attempt wasn't well, done by, yeah. by trained professionals, apparently. Don't do this at home. If people catch it you, you can not, go...
3: Not not argue that it's illegal, right? Because uh, you're registering a domain that's available. So how, how is that illegal? No, uh,
2: because I think there's legislation in place for this. Okay. Because you, if you own an overall top-level domain, uh, people cannot simply register sub-level domains because essentially you own the top-level domain. So at least yeah. you, are, you have the first bias right, if not more. So at least what the register could have done, double-check back with PwC mm. if this is legit or not. At that stage, alarm bells should have been ringing at PwC that there was something shady going on. Mm-hmm. All, everybody apparently was in their week-long nap, not paying attention. <laughs>
3: got to open their email here. Yeah. okay as good a, stuff
2: as I said kids don't try this at home this is legal can't go to jail for this
3: and, unless you do it pr- claim to do it as as a security researcher or you program. do it
2: properly yes
3: <laughs> yeah. right. okay
2: do we want to do a sketch Martin
3: we may want to do a sketch um, what's the other subject that we normally have List, Section. List, Section. Yes,
2: listeners' feedback, but we can do this after the sketch, right? So feedback. let's. So let's
3: take a what about b- our picks of the week.
2: Yeah, we can do that after after the feedback. No. Yes. Maybe. A feedback.
3: Okay. Feedback. Go for the feedback. Uh,
2: let's do the sketch first. Take a take a short break while
1: we while the sketch is being right. Short run, break. And Good then, plan. More coffee required. Yes, yes, yes and then yes. reconvene later.
3: The Donald and the Chinese virus. This is the dark side tech support. How may I
1: help you? This is Donald, the chosen one. President of the free world. Somebody has to do it, but my IQ is the highest. And you all know it. Please don't feel stupid or insecure. It's not your fault.
3: (laughs) I'll try my hardest not to. How can I possibly help you? And What is this it you have to do?
1: Why are we having all these viruses from shithole countries coming here? Is there any
3: particular virus you had in mind here? O leader of the free world. Uh, Zeus,
1: Klop, Cyborg, Melissa, I love you. Of course you love me. My fingers are long and beautiful, as it has always been well documented and various other parts of my body. So join the queue of people loving me. And it's not Melissa, it's Melania. She loves me too, of course. Everybody loves me. No, no, no. Melissa and I love you are the names of viruses, man. What? There's more than one of these viruses coming from that infected country? The Chinese did this, but it's fine. I declare war on it, a medical war. We have to win this war. It's very important, and I'm the greatest wartime president ever lived.
3: I see. You're referring to COVID-19, not a computer virus. I hope you washed your hands before calling in.
1: Yes, the Chinese virus. I tell you it comes from China. I might build a wall. Walls are great for keeping things out. The world needs more walls built by people like me. My hands are fine. They are great hands. I tell you, if people didn't shake hands so much, this wouldn't have happened. I tell you all, don't shake hands. The concept of shaking hands is absolutely horrible. And statistically, I have been proven right.
3: We have an expert in medicine. So what's the treatment for COVID-19
1: then? We have an anti-malarial drug, chloroquine, which is a possible treatment. It may work, it may not work. I feel good about it. It's just a feeling. I'm a smart guy. We have nothing to lose. You know the expression, what the hell do I have to lose? You're
3: not in any way making money of this drug.
1: I say not in a braggadocious way. I've made millions and billions of dollars screwing people all around the world, but not from drugs.
3: You know a lot about drugs, it seems. Is there any limits to your knowledge on this subject?
1: Limit? The House of Representatives tried to limit my war with Iran. I'll come back on that later. Let me tell you some more about drugs. Viagra is a drug. I think Viagra is wonderful if you need it, if you have medical issues, if you had a surgery. I've just never needed it. Frankly, I wouldn't mind if there were any anti-Viagra, something with the opposite effect. I'm not bragging. I'm just lucky. I don't need it. I see.
3: So what would you say to the American people who are all worried right now and who are scared of COVID-19?
1: I say you're a terrible guy. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question. And I think it's a very bad signal that to be putting out to the American people. The American people are not scared. We have guns. Many guns. And we are not afraid to use them as prescribed by our constitution. Uh,
3: Okay, let's change the subject quickly. This is actually tech support, you know. Uh, So, going back to the question at hand, you did not call about a computer virus?
1: Why would I call you about computers? I know tech better than anyone. Not reasonably well, not even very well or extremely well, but better than any person in existence. Excellent.
3: So, this wall you are building, would that be a firewall?
1: Fire, wind, rain, Chinese, Mexicans, viruses. Walls are great for keeping things out. The fact is, there is nothing else that will work. And that has been true for thousands of years. It's like the wheel, there's nothing better. Properly designed and built walls work. And the Democrats are lying when they say they don't.
3: Ah, uh, it looks like I can learn something from you, a great one. Uh, so let me ask you something. If you were to secure your computer, would you use UFW, IPCOP, or IP tables?
1: You know what I say about tables, don't Uh, you? Enlighten me, please. Ain't no use having a table without some chairs. (laughs) Very
3: true indeed. And, might I add, hilarious. So, while I'm here, do you need any help with the
1: ports on your firewall? People ask me this all the time. You build a wall. What about the sea and the ports? Let me tell you this. American ports are the greatest. We love America. We love American ports. Why would I need help with my ports?
3: Well, you might want to open them for certain services or close them to prevent attacks. Open ports may pose a security risk as each open port can be used by attackers to exploit a vulnerability or perform any other type of attack.
1: You're telling me our ports are under attack? I'm glad I called you. We defend everybody and I mean everybody. We defend everybody. No matter who it is, we defend everybody. We're defending the world. You are a tech support guy, right? So tell me this. We have a $5 billion healthcare.gov website. I have so many websites. I have them all over the place. I hire people. It costs me $3. Why does it cost $5 billion? $5 billion?
3: Have you considered the possibility that you're exploiting people and not paying them enough? And $5 billion is the true amount to be paying market rate staff? Anything else I can do for you? Perhaps some help to reduce your ego?
1: Show me someone with no ego and I'll show you a big loser. I see.
3: In that case, thank you and goodbye.
1: Fifteen minutes later. This is Darklight, tech support. How may I help you? This is Donald again, the chosen one. Would that be
3: Donald Duck
1: from the Disney cartoon? Donald...
3: Engine number 9, from Thomas the Tank Engine, or Donald Silt, the famous Estonian javelin thrower?
1: My name is Trump, Donald Trump, 45th President of the United States of America and mega successful businessman. We spoke earlier. You were impressed Mm, then.
3: Yes, I vaguely recall some nutter
1: earlier. What can I do for you this time? I am many things. Billionaire, leader of the free world, the best wartime president ever. God's gift to women, but as I said, an expert, but only a nutter by the simple-minded. Anyhow, I need some more advice on Corona. They say it comes from China. I already started a trade war with China. But you know I travel the world. I rule the world. And it reminded me about something from the 80s. And
3: what would that be? Michael Jackson, Back to the Future... Ronald Reagan, Chernobyl, or Tetris?
1: None of those. No, I remembered a computer company called Corona Data Systems from California. The Koreans bought them. I went to Korea. It's rough. North Korea has great beaches. You see that whenever they're exploding cannons into the ocean, wouldn't that make a great condo? I could have the best hotels in the world right there. Think of it from a real estate perspective. You have South Korea, you have China, and they own the land in the middle. How bad is that, right? It's great. So, do you actually have a tech support question
3: here, or are you just here to self-satisfy?
1: I say that you're a terrible guy. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal. Women come to me to satisfy all the time. But you know what I will tell you? Because you are people, and sometimes people are terrible. You are terrible. But you're here, and I will allow another verification of my greatness. This Corona data company, the Koreans bought them. Did I tell you Korea bought Corona data back in the 80s? And you know what? No, I don't. What is this terrible void in my knowledge? This virus, it really came from Korea. The Koreans, they hate China. Everybody hates China. But Korea hates China more. Something to do with history. I don't know. Korea bought Corona data. And since the 80s, they have been waiting. Waiting to release the virus to China and the rest of the world. They tried to fool us with nukes and shit. But really, all this time, they were working on the virus. One thing they didn't count on. A big mistake they made. And what would that
3: be? They didn't spend enough time on a sunbed to turn orange? Or was it that they didn't comb over their hair to hide their baldness? Or did they not count on your astute opinion about free speech in the digital age?
1: You're a weird one, you know. Did I tell you? You are weird. Anyway, it's none of those. I'm a fighter, you know. You will have seen my picture off me in boxing trunks. I look like Rocky Balboa. I'm a fighter. Fighting the Russians, the Chinese, the Koreans. I will fight that Korean dude with the funny hair anytime. He's short okay, anyway. Okay,
3: you're right, of course. Let me give you my expert advice. We need to contain this virus. Stop us in its tracks. Yes, yes, we must. What do well, I do? all these little virus guys, they travel. Travel through wires. How do you think they made it all the way from China to the US?
1: I see, I see. Clearly. Great!
3: And since you're the expert, what needs to happen next?
1: Hmm. I know this, don't tell me. Ooh! I know! We cut all the wires! Okay. okay, back from the break. I hope the, uh, I hope the listenership loved the sketch. Uh, now, what remains to be done is actually um, the feedback, and then we do the pox, and then we're out of here. But if there's some episode, breakfast, anyway. Indeed. Indeed. Let's get some breakfast afterwards. Okay. Um, there was a comment that I didn't cover. Uh, On the last episode, Um, somebody named Ahuka posted a comment on Hacker Public Radio. Thank you very much, Ahuka, whoever you are. And the comment reads: "Reads great sketch. I loved the sketch at the end. It was very funny, very and very creative. Thank you very much, Ahuka. Uh, Ahuka, you'll be pleased to know, and also the other listeners, that there is more to come. We're just in the in the process of scripting further sketches, so stay tuned." We similar, have
3: another to record as well. That's been yes, written already. Yes, so, exactly.
1: Yep. Similar to the, one, uh, to the two ones you just listened to now and in the previous episode. So there, there's going to be more to come. And no, of course, the interview with two thirds wasn't a sketch that, as a matter of fact, was a real interview with the real Terminator. Very important. This wasn't a sketch that wasn't meant to be funny. And uh, come the year... 2038, you will know that actually Skynet comes from NVIDIA. Very important. Anyway.
3: Now, I have a suggestion for you there. Don't go into sales, Chris. <laughs> I'm
1: afraid it's too late for that, too late for that now. Uh, okay. Um, why, why not? Martin, why not? The weeks. Hmm.
3: No, no, <laughs> it's very should, convincing, I'm why? sure, all our <laughs> listeners.
1: <laughs> <laughs> why Why shouldn't I go into sales?
3: There's a certain amount of, <laughs> of convincing to be done.
1: I thought it was peaks. very
3: convincing. <laughs> 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 yes, okay. but then, uh, yeah, that's the go to. <clears throat>
1: okay. Um, okay. Pox, pox of the pox. week. Okay, ma- maybe I have to explain the term for you because you weren't around during the last episode. The Pox of the week is actually a short uh, moniker, let's put it this way, for the pick of the weeks or the picks of the week. So it's named Pox, and of course, whether when there's a Pox, there has to also, be, there has to, also be, to be an anti-Pox, as in the opposite of the Pick of the Week. So whatever, whatever upsets you, whatever disgusts you over the week, so this is your anti-Pox. Okay. So Martin, what's your Pox of the Week? Let's start with this. All right,
3: Pox of the Week for me was a movie called The Current War.
1: Ah, uh, Yeah. Okay, why don't you explain to to us a little bit about that. why don't you <laughs> shed some more light onto this beloved movie of yours?
3: Okay, well, well, light is a good um, good, good intro to that since it uh, features t- you know, ma- <clears throat> two major um, let's say electric power companies of its nineteenth century, and and one of them being run by Edison. Uh, and the other one being run by Westinghouse, so Edison being the well mainly known for his light bulb inventions his his phonographs um but yeah so so it it kind of describes that era where these two um companies were effectively rolling out electricity uh, around the U.S., right? Uh, and doing this in different ways. Um, Edison was a, uh, a, a, a supporter, a, a fan of direct current. And uh, Westinghouse was more of a businessman than an inventor, or a, um, I opposed to Edison. And he just took various other ideas of other people and made it more efficient, more cheaply to roll out than, than DC. So he went with AC, right, which can travel longer distances and requires less copper, less um, stations to power, which is why we ended up with uh, AC as the national grid in every country, I imagine. Yeah.
1: Um, I think so, yeah. yeah, yeah. And there uh, was also this car guy around, right, by the name of Nikolai Tesla,
3: Yes, so Tesla originally <laughs> worked for Edison, uh, wasn't treated very well, uh, started his own company, wasn't treated very well, <laughs> <I see. laughs> and then ended up working for Westinghouse, um, uh, because it, it, the main focus initially was around light, right, so just to produce, uh, you know, run electricity to people's houses to give them light. Instead of gas, uh, but then also the next step after that was running into uh, uh, industrial uh, purposes, so requiring electric motors, etc. etc. So so that was the next step, which Tesla was very instrumental in. Um, but uh, as a known well, unknown fact to me before this movie was that um, Edison actually invented the um, electric chair uh, by. Trying to prove that uh Westinghouse method of a <laughs> c electricity was very dangerous uh demonstrating this on a horse and um in front of the press to to show how dangerous it was blah blah blah, people will die, and then um someone some governor had the idea, oh yeah but this normal hanging of people is actually quite cruel, so why not fry them instead I and, see. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice one. <laughs> so,
3: so, so Edison was a bit of a yeah, uh, trying to save people or, or trying to keep them safe, but he also uh, indirectly <laughs> created the directory chair. So yeah, nice it was, it's, okay. it's a very very good um, insight into that era. But also, it's, it's you know, uh, in the current day, we can't imagine life without electricity, not being able to run our beloved computers and open source software. But even back then that was not even available, just to light a light bulb. So
1: yeah, Okay. Yeah. Nice one. Okay. And Tesla and the invention of the of the Tesla car came later, I reckon, um, also with the side effect of killing people, right? No. <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> okay.
3: Another, another sponsor out the window.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tesla, if you still want to sponsor the show, please get in touch. <laughs> okay. Um, my Pox of the Week is actually a TV show called Rick and Morty. I don't know if you've heard about it.
3: I've heard about it, yes. Yes.
1: yes. Um, so it's about a suburban American family. and um, is This is the... set a while ago, no? Is that right? oh, yeah, it might be a couple of years back. Just came across it recently and checked out a couple okay. of episodes. Uh, the family has two kids and one of them is a son called Morty. And he has a grandfather called Rick. Um, As a matter of fact, the father of the mother of Morty. And Rick is a weird scientist, let's put it this way. They travel through time, uh, master certain adventures and all the rest of it. Very funny, especially the the take on modern American society and what is wrong with this. Imagine Beavis and Butthead in a sci-fi setting on speed and then you're pretty close. (laughs) Nice one. Okay. Martin, you're anti-pox, which is the exact opposite of a pox.
3: Okay, anti-pox, well, there's there's, there's only one really, isn't
1: there? <laughs> Let me guess, are you under looks and Max?
3: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that sums it up. Um, okay. We do need to revisit this yet again to make sure. It's a little bit more streamlined, I suggest. Okay. If we're doing any more 6am episodes oh. specifically.
1: Well, it was seven thirty for me. I don't know. Maybe you live in a maybe you live in another dimension. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, my anti of the week would be uh, probably Better Things. It's a TV series too, and it didn't do uh, wonders for, Pamela career, uh, for Pamela's career. For Pamela's career. No jokes aside. Uh, better Things is it's quite funny. Not too sure if if, if the, it was the best choice for Pamela. Of course, Pamela being the one of the main characters is some, in something called Californication, if it rings a bell. And no, Martin, I'm not talking about the so, about the song, but rather about the TV series.
3: Are you referring to Pamela Anderson?
1: No, um, pa- I, I oh. can't remember second name. Uh, look it up on Wikipedia. I, I'm going to oh. put a link. I'm going to put a link into the show I'm the not journals. familiar
3: with better things. So I can okay, help you down.
1: It. It's a it's a TV series that has just been the. the the fourth se- um, season has just been concluded. I think. Okay. It's about well, what a- is it about? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's about a struggling mother of four surviving in modern Hollywood. She's an actress of sorts, and the kids are just playing up in re- and wrecking havoc on on her life. And uh, she just turned fifty, and the TV series is about the exploits of her in that in, in that setting. Very funny. But, as I said, California occasion, she was just darker. Not too sure if Better Things was the right choice for her going forward in her career. But it's still very funny. Check it out. Cool. Okay, and I think we're pretty much done, no? Yes. So, as usual, if you have feedback, where should they send the feedback to? Feedback at linuxinlaws.eu. That's the one, yes. We also have a website, of course. It's called www.linuxinlars.eu. We are, of course, on on Hacker Public Radio. Okay. And this is where we will be for the time being. So this is your go-to source. We do have our own RSS feed by now. Thank you very much, Ken, uh, for um, looking into this. As usual, we try to record fortnightly, although recently that has been a bit of a challenge, all right. And as I said, you will find the episodes on the Hacker Public Radio, and looking forward to having you around for the next episodes. This episode is currently sponsored by the White House. For almost four years we have been proud to avail of a Supremes problem solver, leader and diplomat all wrapped into one. For a number of reasons we are looking for a new owner of this asset before November 3rd of this year. So whether you are a country with a significant budget surplus which you just want to dispose of because too much money can be such a burden a state with two nice neighbors and you think that now is just the time to change this or simply a splinter group in an overly democratic country for your taste with a number of nagging media outlets which are just spoiling the fun we've got you covered simply reach out to the democrats at thewhitehouse.gov, and in no time you will be in possession of a crown jewel of a president, philanderer and lover of the opposite sex, not shy of controversy, making and leaving his mark in hotel rooms, and the odd grabbing of female genitalia, at least in his wishful thinking. Any reasonable offer will be considered. This podcast is licensed under the latest version of the Creative Commons License, Type attribution share alike. Credits for the intro music go to Blue Sea Roosters, for their song Solid Market, to Twin Flames for their piece called The Flow, used for the segment intros, and finally to Celestial Ground for their song Sweet Justice, used by the Dark Side. you find these and other ditties licensed under CC at Gemando, a website dedicated to liberate the music industry from choking copyright legislation and other crap concepts
4: best the best
1: I say, not in a braggadocious way, a word invented by Martin. No, 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 this is a word
3: invented by him himself. (laughs) (laughs) Do you not notice?
1: (laughs) I hope Martin has the trademark on this. Anyway, it doesn't matter. People ask me this all the time. If you build a wall, what about the sea and the pots? Let me tell you this. American ports are the greatest. We love America. We love American ports. We love American (laughs) pots. Why would I need help with ports? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, okay. (laughs) Something. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay? You're telling me our ports are under the attack? (laughs) Again. You're telling me our ports are under attack? Okay, once again. You are telling me our... Martin yeah, if you're laughing.
3: Right. 3, 2, one,
1: two. <laughs> Okay. You're telling me our ports are under attack? I'm glad I called you. We defend everybody, and I mean everybody. We defend everybody. We defend everybody. We defend everybody. <laughs> we defend everybody. It's not them. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, I got this wrong. <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Once again.
3: 15, minute, no, <laughs> Fifteen
1: minutes later. Fifteen minutes later. Yeah.
3: Okay. We right. do this it, later. It's, I, it's I, I'm, yeah, gonna, yeah. I'm
1: gonna. edit this. <laughs> okay. This is
3: Darkside Tech Support.
1: How may I help you? It's rough in a lot of places, by the way. Not just there. It's rough, but North Korea has great bitches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, I, <can't> <laughs> the script I Needs see. improving. <laughs> no worries. Okay. <laughs>
3: Blaming the script, are we? <laughs> Go for it.
1: Okay. None of none of <clears throat> none of those. know I remembered a computer company called. None of those. No, I remembered a computer company, Corona Data Systems from California. The Koreans bought them. I, went to, Cor- to I went to Korea. I went to Korea. Sorry. I went to Korea. I went to Korea. I went to Korea. It's rough. It's rough. In a lot of about the movie about the movie, uh, uh, about the movie. <laughs> that, of course, will be edited. <laughs> this episode is kindly sponsored by the White House. For almost four years, we have been proud to avail of a supreme problem solver, leader and diplomat all wrapped into one. For a number of reasons, way too many to name them all, we are looking for a new owner of this asset before November 3rd of this year. Oh god, I hope this works. This is pretty much our last chance to get rid of this joke of a president. So whether you are a country with a significant budget surplus, which you just want to dispose of because too much money can be such a burden, a state with way too nice neighbors, and you think that now is just the time to change this, or simply a splinter group in an overly democratic country for your taste, with a number of nagging media outlets, which are just spoiling the fun, we've got you covered. Yeah, two weeks in office and all of these problems will be solved once and for all. Simply reach out to the democrats at thewhighthouse.gov and in no time you will be in possession of crown jewel of a president, philandra and lover of the opposite sex, not shy of controversy, making and leaving his mark in hotel rooms, Has anybody ever thought of getting a specimen from that bedsheet for genetic analysis so we can finally prove that he is really an alien or at least have the evidence that he is indeed unfit for office and can invoke the 25th amendment, finally, and the odd grabbing of female genitalia, at least in his wishful thinking? Any reasonable offer will be considered. Jesus, we just may pay handsomely as long as there's good riddance. Yes, and he's house-trained. Well,
0: most of the time anyway. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday.